0: Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet. Today is Friday, September the 24th. Today, we're going to hit a little bit of the headlines and talk about how to look past the test to the testimony. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Are you weary? I hear that word everywhere I go these days. People are weary from the pandemic, weary from what's happening in our schools, weary from what's happening in our state capital, and perhaps most of all, people are weary from the feckless leadership in Washington, D.C. But I've got good news for you guys. My name is Heidi St. John, and I'm running for Congress in Washington's 3rd Congressional District, I need your support so I can be your voice in Washington, D.C., and together we can bring sanity and hope back to this weary land. To join my team, please visit me online, com. So thanks for tuning in today, you guys, so much so much is happening in the news and uh, I'm very excited because right now I'm actually in Colorado Springs and I recorded this a little bit early participating at a conservative conference and I'm very excited to come back and just bring what I'm learning there to the citizens of Washington state. And as I have gotten more uh, involved in the political sphere and in my run for the United States House of Representatives, uh, I'm learning more about the people that I care so much about. And I think this really is the heart of the Lord Jesus as we kind of navigate what's happening around us in the culture right now to say, Lord, how can I, get off the bench and onto the battlefield. So I'm encouraging you guys to do the same thing wherever you are, to pay attention to what's happening locally around you and to really ask the Lord to help you as you begin to navigate uh, the very uncertain and ever-changing landscape that we find ourselves walking in in the world right now. Before I get going today, I wanna remind you guys again, I know I've said it a bunch, but I'm gonna keep saying it until uh, this event is over. Coming up. Uh, October first, second, and third, I'm going to be in Oklahoma. So, coming out and see me. I'll be in Mustang, Tulsa, and Enid, Oklahoma. I will link back to that event in the show notes today. But uh, I've been doing a talk for several years now called "Off the Bench: How Your Family Can Get Onto the Front Lines." in the battle for faith, family, and freedom. It's never been more important than it is right now. Bring your children. We're gonna be talking about biblical citizenship and what it looks like to engage the culture from a position of biblical authority. And uh, I, you guys are not gonna to wanna to miss it. So come on out. I'd love to see you. You can come and hug my neck and tell me how you're getting off the bench and onto the battlefield. Before I start today, I, I was reading something and I wanted to read a little bit of it to you. Uh, I've been asking the Lord, especially lately, to just sort of give me more insight into how I can get through the test that we are in right now and encourage you to do the same thing because you don't get the testimony without the test. And as I've been saying for months here, we are gonna have stories to tell our grandkids when this is over. The question is, what will the story reflect? Is it gonna reflect the heart of people who were afraid, and who stumbled and faltered and fell, or will it reflect the stories of people who said, Lord, we don't understand why this is happening, but we want to be ambassadors for you. We're gonna be committed to telling the truth, and we'll talk about that a little bit more today uh, as we continue in the show. But I thought this was so good. The Bible teaches us that we are to be patient in affliction and that we are to be joyful even in trials. So what does it look like to be joyful in trials? Well, we know that joy isn't a product of our circumstances. And so I'm gonna ask you guys on this Friday, because we're coming into the weekend, to just say, Lord, fill me with joy. And so when we are filled with joy and when we're doing what God wants us to do, we could be in a Nazi concentration camp like Corey Ten Boom, right? You guys remember the story that um, Corey's family was um, persecuted for helping hide the Jews during the Nazi takeover of their home country. and her father, Casper Tenboom, said, listen, we're going to put our lives at risk because the lives of these people are worth it. This is what is so disheartening to me to see um, how angry we are at each other in the culture right now and how the adversary, he's using wicked people that are in leadership, no question, but how the adversary has come in and just divided us one against the other. And the 10 booms saw this happening to the Jews. By the way, I posted on my Instagram the other day a picture of a health passport that that Hitler put out in the 1930s. You guys, it is absolutely terrifying. The parallels between what happened in Nazi Germany during the Holocaust and to the countries that surrounded that area that um, Hitler invaded and to what's happening in our world right now. This push by globalists, um, the vaccine passport, all the things, and they are literally seeking to divide us. And so as, this, as Corey Ten Boom's family looked at what they saw happening and they knew that it was wrong, they knew it was wrong. And so they began to do what they could do. So they built a home and they, or built, rather they built a a room onto their house and they hid the Jews in there until a neighbor turned them in And again, that sounds familiar too, doesn't it? A neighbor turned them in and they were sent, the entire Ten Boom family, to a Nazi concentration camp. Everyone in in, uh, Corey's family died there except for Corey. And Corey tells the story in a book called The Hiding Place, which um, I'll link back to in the show notes today. But Corey tells the story of being in uh, Auschwitz, and I think she was at Dachau too, with her sister Betsy and she said one of the worst things that happened to them was that they had a lice infestation. Now, if you guys have never experienced head lice, congratulations. (laughs) Two years ago, one of my kids got head lice. She gave it to me, gave it to a whole bunch of the other staff members that worked here at the Homeschool Resource Center. You guys, in all of my years of mothering, we had never had a lice outbreak. And I had never even seen a louse. I didn't even know until it was Oh my goodness. It was ridiculous. So bad. And then, you know, that once you get it, it's very, very hard to control because it can come back. If you miss even one knit, bam, you're right back to where you started. You got the infestation all over again. It took us months to completely get rid of the lice in our, in our house and even here at the center. But Corey had a different way of looking at this. She said they discovered that there was lice inside of, uh, inside of their barracks. And she said at first, they were very upset because it's, it's, it makes you feel gross. It looks gross. It's itchy, the whole thing. But when that, when that lice outbreak happened in this concentration camp, the guards didn't wanna go into the barracks anymore and harass the women. And so Corey was able to use that time to teach these women about the love of Jesus and to disciple them. And I, I got to thinking, you know, the joy that she felt in that moment is the joy that comes from the Lord. It comes from the Lord. And it was Corey's sister, Betsy, that reminded Corey, Corey, there is no pit that's so deep that God's love isn't deeper still. And this is the God that we serve. And so when we start thinking about what's coming ahead of us, and I'm gonna encourage you guys away from that, When we start thinking too far in advance, what's coming ahead of us? What what if this and what if that? Then the what if monster, right? That we've talked about so many times here at the show. The what if monster comes in and we start imagining things that could happen in the future and there's no grace for it. Because the grace of God guides you where the will of God takes you. And when I say guiding, I mean, when we find ourselves in that situation that we didn't wanna be in, uh, a friend of mine lost her husband a week and a half ago to uh, COVID. He had some underlying conditions and they lost him to COVID. And now she's navigating this life without her husband. And I saw her writing uh, on her social media page the other day that God's grace was so, she he, she felt it like almost like a cloak that you put on, the grace of God that covers you in times of suffering. And this is the grace that Corey Tenboom experienced and her whole family, knowing that this world is not our home, that we're gonna be going home. So I thought this was really good. Um, again, Kate, this is uh, Kay Smith writing this, but she said, when I suggest that you look at every single circumstance in your life and count it all joy, you might think she's crazy. She doesn't know what I'm going through or she wouldn't suggest that. I may not know all the particulars of what you're going through, but I do know very well what it is like to walk through dark, dark trials. Over the years, we've had our share of pits despair, darkness, and disaster. But God allowed us to go through each thing so that we would gain compassion to share with others. James isn't telling us that the trial itself is all joy. Disaster is never joyful. But when we look past the trial to all the good things that will result, we can endure the hardship with joy. And this is really what Corey was saying, that for the terrible tragedy that befell her family, during the, uh, the takeover of Hitler and under the terrible reign of the Third Reich, God did something amazing in the Ten Boom family. And she has led hundreds of thousands of people to faith in Jesus Christ as a result of that. So when you see the words, count it all joy, say to yourself, think forward, consider or regard it. And then you can look beyond the immediate trial. You will get a glimpse of the wonderful things that God will produce through the trial. Remember Jesus out of Hebrews chapter 12, verse two, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, it wasn't the pain of the crucifixion that would give Jesus joy. It was the crucifixion that gave him joy. It was what the crucifixion would do. Through his suffering, it would bring life to us. And he looked forward to the life that we would receive and the victory over Satan. That was the joy that was set before him. It's like the athlete who exercises strenuously and constantly adds more weight to make the exercising more difficult so he can look forward to the great, big, rippling muscles and all the endurance and strength. That's what trials do in our lives. They strengthen and mature us. And so I wanna encourage you today, whatever it is that you're facing, Um, And I know a lot, I've been talking now for what, 17 months about just this hard thing that we're carrying, so many of us are carrying right now and it feels so heavy and it is heavy. But Jesus would have us look beyond the trial to what God wants to do and ask the Lord to give us courage and strength to strengthen our hearts for what lies ahead and say, Lord, help me minister to my children. You know, uh, several years ago in 2017, I released Becoming Mom Strong. Uh, how to fight with all that's in you for your family and your faith. And I think that book is probably more important now than it was in 2017 when I released it because the premise of the book was to say, listen, I believe that you guys are raising a very special generation of children and they need to know how to stand. In 2016 and 2015, I was saying, I think this generation could live to see the full-blown persecution of Christians in this nation and around the world. And I was roundly criticized and even laughed at in some in some instances, but we can see it now, can't we? And so we have to be able to look beyond where we are to say, our hope doesn't lie here. We seek a city to come. The Bible teaches us that this world is not our home. And so we when we look, to the city that's to come, we can be filled with joy because we know that God is always at work. And just like Cory Tenboom came out of that concentration camp, if you've never had the chance to read The Hiding Place, you guys, oh my goodness, uh, read it, read it with your kids. And uh, you can actually, there's a movie, but I, the book is so much better, but the, the movie's pretty good too. But to read that with your children and say, Corey learned a lesson through that terrible trial that is still blessing God's people today. And that's what God wants to do. So I want you guys to be encouraged. Look beyond the test to the testimony. What is it that God wants you to do? You don't don't get a testimony without a test. And right now we are being tested. And so look forward to joy. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you to see beyond where you are right now to what God is doing. All right, I'm gonna really quickly get to a couple of your questions. A teen listener from Indiana said, Heidi, I am 16 years old and how can I, as a 16-year-old homeschooler, get off the bench? This is a great question. So one of the first things I would tell you to do is, is, um, and I, I tell this to teens all across the country, understand the constitution. Understand your role as a Christian in the world that we live in. So uh, Rick Green teaches an awesome uh, course on biblical citizenship. I will link back to that in the show notes today. These are free courses. What what would happen if uh, you invited a bunch of other teenagers there in Indiana, I don't know where you live, but uh, in your area to come to your house every Thursday night and just watch this biblical citizenship course and talk about it for an hour? I honestly think that would change the trajectory of the way that you guys see your role in the world right now, and that gives you strength because you begin to understand uh, the role that you're supposed to be playing in the world right now, right? So you can understand your role better and train the other people around you to do the same thing. And then when you're of age, whatever that is, 18, 21, when you uh, graduate and you're doing something outside of the um, the purview of your parents, you're gonna understand more what you are what you can and cannot do. and more importantly, you're gonna understand how God views it. So I love that question. Keep me posted. Let me know what you guys end up doing. Jordan from Pennsylvania. Heidi, how do I get involved in local politics and how do I know who to support? Wow, okay, that is a great question. First of all, we gotta get beyond beyond, uh, looking at the voter's pamphlet and assuming that the voter's pamphlet is giving us all the information that we need. Um, There are lots of uh, positions including school board, including city councils, and many of you in different jurisdictions and municipalities across the country, a lot of these very important roles are supposed to be nonpartisan. So they'll say, you know, so-and-so is running for mayor of Camas. this is nonpartisan, except for they're not nonpartisan. There's no one who is nonpartisan. Every single person comes at politics from a particular worldview. And so your job is to figure out, well, what is that worldview? Where are they coming from? And do your due diligence. So I I would look up online i would find out where their endorsements are coming from um if you see a local like i was recently endorsed in my run for congress by an organization that i highly regard the family policy institute of washington and uh And you don't just get those endorsements. You have to fill out, you know, a 12-page questionnaire and they're asking you everything from what do you think about abortion to what do you think about what's happening in our schools? How do you feel about taxes? What would you do to make it differently? So these people, these organizations, hopefully are vetting these candidates. And if they're not, you need to be asking serious questions. So I would start there. You have to go beyond the voter's pamphlet. You've got to go, I mean, look at their websites for sure. But um, we need to know where these guys are coming from. And so that's how you know who to support. I would never just give someone a voter's pamphlet and say, here you go, that's gonna tell you everything you need to know. We're gonna have to do more homework. Samantha from Tennessee. Heidi, do you think our country is headed for a civil war and will permanently break up? Considering we aren't even mentioned in Revelation and with our current state, it seems like a real possibility. Thank you for continuing to spread truth and freedom. You are inspiring me to keep a biblical foundation for truth and I wanna thank you for being a spiritual mentor. I pray for you and your family and your run for Congress every day. Samantha, thank you so much. Uh, We need your prayers. This is definitely the most challenging thing I have ever um, tried to do and I know the Lord asked me to do it and so we appreciate your prayers. Um, I would say, you know, people are asking me, if our country's headed for a civil war all the time. So there are two aspects to this that I probably want to touch on. The first thing, I was at a an event recently and a, a man came up to me and he was just like, you know, this is what needs to happen. There needs to be a war. You know, there's gonna be civil war. We're gonna set this we're gonna set this country right. So can we just agree that that war, civil war is not what we want. I mean, these people that are kind of romanticizing this idea of the, there being a war in this country and the country breaking apart, which it very well could. I mean, I do think, I mean, if this is, if this is the ceiling, if this is the jumping off place, we're right here. Tensions are running so high. We've got uh, what seems to me a rogue government in place. We're watching people trampling on the constitution. This country is in terrible trouble right now. I pray to God every single day that that where this is headed is not civil war. Because people that romanticize war, they weren't here for the Civil War. They that we had in this country already. They didn't watch brother turn against brother and neighbors burning down their neighbors' houses and people being shot in the streets. They weren't here for that. We're not used to that. We're not strong enough for one thing. I don't think you know. Uh, and so uh, that is not what we want. Do I think we're headed for that? Possibly, but I am praying every single day that that doesn't happen. You're completely correct when you say that uh, the United States is not mentioned in Revelation. I talked to, I'm talking to my friend, uh, Pastor Jack Hibbs, and we're gonna be talking about that on the podcast next week. So you're you're gonna wanna come back for that. But I just wanna encourage you to a place of trust that God is in control. And this is, to me, the most important part of this because what's gonna happen is going to happen. Our role as Christians won't change in it. Our role is to share the gospel. Our role is to be a light to be salt and light wherever God has us in whatever situation, no matter how good or how how bad. This is the Apostle Paul saying that he had learned the secret of being content in every circumstance. And that is what we need to learn. You're right in saying that the United States is not mentioned in the book of Revelation. I am of the opinion, and we'll see what Pastor Jack says. He may have a different opinion than me. I'm of the opinion that we either are gone, something has happened and our country has just broken apart, or the role that we play in what happens in end times theology is so insignificant it didn't make it into the Bible. I That's one, I think one of those two things is gonna happen. Very, very likely this country will be no more. 10 years ago, I could not have imagined the United States being vulnerable like it is right now. Uh, the tension is so high. In fact, I was reading, let me see if I can find it. I'll link back to this. The American Research Group just a couple of days ago released their new statistics. In fact, this came out on September 21st. Uh, It says a total of 50% of Americans say they approve of the way that Joe Biden is handling his job as president and 46% say they disapprove. Uh, These are staggering numbers, but what's really staggering to me is that our country is just Absolutely divided. And we know that a house divided against itself cannot stand. So we need to be really praying. Um, I've been praying for my friends in Canada who just, they just reelected the disaster that is Justin Trudeau for uh, Canada. I do not believe that the Canadians are gonna get back their freedoms anytime soon. We're continuing to watch that that uh, government strip their freedoms away from them. It's very, very sad. But this this idea that the country is going to survive if the Biden administration keeps saying that this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated, if they keep pitting us against each other, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And I've talked about this before, um, actually for years at the podcast, I've said to you guys, and I'm gonna continue to say it, um, I do think that we're at the precipice of something. It feels wicked and evil to me, but I would tell you, be ready for it, right? Um, p- panic, is not, panic is sin, preparation is good. So do you have... Uh, quite a a large supply of water. Do you have a three-month supply of food? Do you have your beans and your rice and your emergency store of food and those kinds of things? We need those things. And so now is a good time to do it. It's not a bad idea to uh, prep. In fact, my husband and I, we built a library of books for what happens if the power goes out. um, You know, if, if something, if a disaster, and it doesn't have to be a political disaster, it could be an earthquake or it could be, you know, if you live in the Southeast, it could be a hurricane. What do we do when the power goes out? How do we store food when we don't have refrigeration, that kind of thing? And so I would say, be looking for those foods or for those books rather, and learn how to take care of yourself. Have some money that's set aside I'm going to be talking about this a little bit uh, next week, but the banking crisis that's coming—you saw the Biden administration trying to uh, force a rule on—they want to force a rule on the banks that would demand that if you have $600 or more in your bank account at any given time, the federal government can have access to it. Unprecedented uh, violation of privacy. Something wicked this way comes, and it's good for us to get ready. And also, it's good for us to be trusting the Lord. This comes back to me what I was saying earlier to look for the, the the testimony that will inevitably come after the test if we can stay faithful to the Lord in the midst of all of it. You guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you're enjoying this new format that we're trying with video. Again, you can find it at YouTube and on Rumble. Uh, Rumble is not likely to censor. And so uh, share these links, get it out there. And I hope to hear back from you. If you guys wanna have your question featured here at the show, reach out to me, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox monday as always we love it when you guys leave reviews for the show and for my books anywhere the books are sold and you can become a contributor a monthly supporter of this podcast we certainly would appreciate that that giving is what helps us stay on the air have a great weekend everybody i'll see you back here on monday at the intersection of faith and culture for more encouragement visit me online at momstronginternational.com